into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures number 3, The Incredible Shrinking Turtles Part 1. Adaptation by Beth and Ken Mitroni, with uh, pencils by Ken Mitroni, and inks by Dan- Dave Garcia. It's almost a direct translation from the 80s cartoon series, uh, Season 2, Episode 2. So let's get into it. Just an interesting note, this uh, episode originally aired on October 8th, 1988, and was written by Larry Parr, while the comic book adaptation was uh, in January 1st of 1989, so shortly afterwards. We start out in a wooded area, with trees and a lot of grass. Leonardo makes a two-handed swipe with his sword, cutting a daisy loose from the stem with a shwook. Raph comes close to cutting the hat off of Raph and the daisy on it, and Raph goes, Oh great, I've just been de-daisied! Leo pulls off the hat with his sword and tosses it into the air and launches the hat. Leo t- says to Raph, And you'll be pushing up daisies if we don't improve our jungle fighting techniques. The hat lands on Raph's head with a clang. Raph says, Nah, Leonardo, you are such a downer. Leo's surprised as he is disarmed by a staff, throwing his sword up in the air and catching it point down on the wooden end of his staff. Donatello makes his point about improving jungle fighting techniques. Just then, all four turtles look in surprise as a shadowy figure of the Shredder jumps in on them unexpectedly. The three square off to face their foe. First, Donatello attacks him with his bow staff, swiping an overhead blow that is blocked with Shredder's forearm gauntlet. He then throws Donnie using his own momentum. Leo ducks down behind him as Raph shoulder tackles him to trip over Leonardo. Just as they stand triumphant over the Shredder, Leo says, Ready to say, Uncle? Hey, whoa, chill out, man. Come on, it's me, says Michelangelo, removes his helmet. For sure, dudes, had you going there for a while, didn't I? Leo asks, where'd you get the mask? Mikey says, I made it from an old pizza tray, where else? Just then, over the park, a spacecraft hurtles towards the ground, making a terrible ear-piercing sound. The turtles see the ship and hear the noise. Then they witness the crash into a nearby pond and decide to investigate. All four dive into the pond and they see a strange non-human figure in a clear orb, possibly an escape pod. Raphael opens it up with his sigh and Donatello tells Mikey to take him to the surface. Mikey surfaces and he tells the turtles while he is still alive, they need to get him ashore quickly. They realize that this is, in fact, an alien life form. Unbeknownst to them from a nearby bushes, the Shredder looks on as, as they try to save the small gray alien. The small alien comes to and tells the turtles, The Eye of Sarnoth, you must find the fragments. The Eye of Sarnoth, three pieces of my ship fell to earth. You must find them. When they are joined, the possessor will have power unheard of in your world. Shredder leans in to hear this. Undreamed of power, I like the sound of that. Donatello asks them where they can find the fragments. He gives them a crystal converger to trace their energy sources. The alien begins to glow and with his dying breath tells them, Once assembled, their power cannot be stopped. Farewell, Earth! And with that, he vaporized and is no more but a memory to the four brothers. Shredder plots from his hiding place to assemble the pieces for himself. Later on now, the turtles are doing are driving in the party wagon, using the crystal converger to track the first piece. See if that gizmo has a setting for food. I could use a pizza break. Leo tells him, cool it, and they'll get pizza after the fight. Mikey says, okay, but it better be a family-sized pizza. 
Baxter and Shredder watch them drive off from a spot perched on a nearby roof. Shredder has Baxter contact Shrang for him in Dimension X with his communicator. Baxter complains that he was eating an ice cream cone and it's melting in the sun, but Shredder cares not and threatens Baxter, Do as I say, and now! Krang answers, but still refuses Shredder's request for his foot soldiers and to stop wasting his precious time. Shredder reacts in anger, slapping the cone from Baxter's hands, which lands directly on top of a shiny metal helmet. Poetic justice. Back to the turtles in the party wagon. The crystal tracker reads they are very close to the first fragment, the Eye of Sarnoth. They pull in just as the garbage truck unloads onto a garbage barge on the dock. Donnie notices it by a gleam that it makes and sees it set up from the top of the garbage pile. After a short deliberation, Donnie is elected to return the piece of the eye from the smelly trash pile. He grabs a hold of the tracker and he's pulled down into the trash by a magnetic force. His brothers follow him into the trash on the ship to aid him. Donatello emerges from the pile with a small octagonal jewel, which the Shredder quickly steals from his grasp. The turtles ready to attack the Shredder, who simply says, Come and get it, mutants. First up is Donatello, who swings the bow staff slightly high at Shredder's helmet. The Shredder goes low with his counterattack and kicks Donatello in the abdomen with a whomp. Shredder, one down, three to go, says the Shredder. Michelangelo is next to call, on the shred to call out the Shredder, but his foot was ill-placed in a snare attached to a crane. It is a simple matter for the Shredder to activate the switch and send Mikey flying into the air attached to the crane, incapacitated. Raphael steps up with a, My turn, bozo! Shredder slashes through the telephone pole that's next to him, and it falls on Raphael. Luckily, he is saved by the shell. Finally, Leonardo stands across from his enemy. See if you can handle me, Shredder! Mere child's play, says the Shredder, as he crouches on the ground and then springs into a handstand, grasping Leonardo's head between his knees and disarming him one attack. The swords fly up into the air and cut the line holding Michelangelo, who then falls upon Leonardo with a whomp. Taking this time to gloat over the turtles, he brags that he won the fragment in clean combat. Then he holds the gem aloft, and the sun passing through has some strange effects. The turtles begin to shrink to very small sizes in front of him. Donnie says as they shrink, What? What's happening? I don't know, but it's Mondo Biondo, says Mikey. It seems the power of the first fragment is to shrink those that it's pointing at to a diminutive size. Shredder tries to capitalize on the opportunity to catch the pine-sized turtles, but just as they scamper away the crystal tracker, with the crystal tracker, they're able to narrowly avoid the master of the Foot Clan's foot. The salvation comes in the form of a garbage truck speeding by and nearly hitting the Shredder in the process. Quick thinking from the turtles as they grab onto the underside of the truck and make their escape. Shredder says, It can't be. They've escaped for now. But I have the first fragment of the Eye of Sarloth, and soon its limitless power shall be mine. The turtles hit the streets, emerging from an alleyway. They climb down to the curb that is now the same height as they are. Carrying the tracking device, the coast is clear, except for the street sweeper headed right for them. They are caught in the brushes and swept down to a storm drain, luckily headed to their original destination, the sewers. They make it home in the lair and they consult with Master Splinter. Hmm, it would seem we have a large problem, says Splinter. Please, Sensei. Could you not use the word large, says Leo? Splinter decides the, it's best to contact April for some help and calls her on the turtle comm. 
Splinter unfortunately interrupts April in a newsroom meeting with her boss, Byrne Thompson, who is on his most recent tirade. She excuses herself, saying that she has a hot story to pursue. Once again, Shredder pleads to Krang in Dimension X. He tells Krang that he has finally destroyed the Turtles. Krang, however, desires proof, but Shredder can only say that they've been flushed down the sewers. Krang tells Shredder, Talk is cheap! I want indisputable evidence! Is my word not good enough? Says the Shredder. Krang says, Precisely! Your word is not good enough! They disconnect the call, and Shredder concludes that he will have to obtain proof that Krang requires. Flash to the party wagon, speeding away down the road, and Splinter thanks April for coming to aid them. He tells April they must find the Shredder, and that the fragment before he uses it to cause any further damage. At that very moment, a news report shows something has sh someone has shrunk the Empire State Building. They scream away in the van, pulling off a swift U-turn in the midst of, of traffic. On the, same, on the scene, a police officer pulls the last man out of the tiny building, just as it sets to its final size. The, then, Baxter Stockman, now dressed as a police officer, comes by to collect the tiny building. Baxter tells them that he's collecting them for scientific study for the police officers. Back at Shredder's hideout, Shredder once again asks to contact Krang to bring him the proof that he needs. We fade out as Shredder clutches the small building in his hand as Baxter dials up Dimension X on the communicator. This ends issue number three of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventure comic. Now on to issue four. The Incredible Shrinking Turtles Part 2. Adapted from TV, script by Beth and Ken Mitroni, with pencils by Ken Mitroni. We pick up just as we left off in the Shredder's hideout. He is still holding the shrunken Empire State Building, and it appears that he and Baxter have a terrarium filled with about five other shrunken buildings as well. Meanwhile, April and Splinter fight in a traffic jam while trying to get to the scene of the Shredder's last crime. The Turtles are all enjoying one large piece of pizza, and by large I mean a piece of pizza larger than all of them put together. They're content to chow down until a tidal wave washes the pizza, them and the pizza away. They take refuge on a bar of soap and use it as a raft to keep above the water. The next challenge is an enormous sewer snake. Leo decides to wash his mouth out with some soap, slashing off a corner of his raft in the process and lifting it into the snake's open mouth. The snake is not pleased to swallow the brick of soap, and it lodges in its throat, and it begins to hiccup and produce soap suds from its nose. The turtles escape. The unfortunate part is their new soap raft is now shrinking. They all stand back to back as they stand on the bar. We see in the next panel, the news of the Shredder's hideout is... The name of the Shredder's hideout is the Cut and Cheese Company, described in, by the narrator as an abandoned cheese packing plant on the wrong side of town. Shredder once again tries to prove his case to, to Krang, but surprise to no one, Krang is not interested in Shredder's collection of tiny buildings. He cuts him off and abruptly hangs up. Shredder is noticeably upset, but Baxter suggests his latest invention may help him cheer him up. It is a heat-seeking turtle scope. He says it will locate the turtles no matter what size they are. They follow the tracker and head off on their turtle hunt. The four turtles hold closely for each other as the soap nearly vanishes beneath their green feet. Suddenly, they, come washed, they become washed once again down another storm drain. The process is not fun for everyone, but we do get a cowabunga from Michelangelo as they are swept down the drain and into the sea. The problems of tiny turtles continue as a normal-sized fish, but giant to them, makes its way to the 
to the four brothers with intent on eating them. Yikes! It's Moby Dick's big brother! Says Mikey. Just as it looks hopeless, the four are saved from the jaws of the fish and scooped up by a fishing net. Out of the frying pan and into the fire as they recognize their savior, the one and only Baxter Stockman, who sits alone in a rowboat, holding the net. Back in the van, Splinter feels a strange sensation. This is most strange. I left the turtles at home, yet I sense they are close by. The connection between sensei and student is very strong. April comments back that their size, they wouldn't last long in this neighborhood. Yes, we are now quite close. My bond with the turtles has not diminished, even if they have, Splinter responds. They stop the van in front of the cut and cheese packing plant, where there has been where it has all been boarded up. Shredder, now holding all four turtles in a small jar, shows them to Krang, who says he's impressed, and he underestimated the Shredder's abilities. The turtles are worried and they see the, the grim visage of the Shredder as he raises a crowbar to smash the jar with the turtles included. Krang remarks as he's watching, Splendid! Let the show begin! If I had hands, they'd be sweating in anticipation. Shredder raises the crowbar and gloats, Sayonara, turtles! And through the wall blasts the party wagon with April and, and Splinter in the nick of time. Splinter catapults out of the van's roof with one of Donatello's gadgets and to face off with his old enemy. Splinter says, Yes, Shredder, your old sensei has returned to teach you a lesson. Shredder, crowbar in hand, turns to meet the rat. With a high swipe of the bar missing Splinter's head, the rat continues with a kick to the wrist to disarm, disarm the Shredder. The crowbar rip ricochets off the wall and straight at Crank's communicator, smashing the video screen and knocking over the jar containing the turtles. Crank is disappointed that he gets to miss the show, especially when it was getting good. As for the master martial artists, they spar. They go back and forth until Shredder knocks Splinter down towards a table, with a kick to the abdomen. Splinter knocks over the jar and the turtles and it bounces across the floor, away from the combatants. The turtles are a bit shaken, but otherwise okay. A jump kick now sends the shredder flying backwards into the van. April was caught a bit off guard, but able to get away to recover the jar of the turtles right from the floor. They tell her to, to use a second jolt of the crystal to attempt to bring them back to regular size. Mikey says, Get the crystal over there on that cabinet and aim it at us. They aren't sure if it'll work, but they're willing to risk it, and April grabs the small octagonal jewel. In another part of the factory, Splinter approaches the Shredder, who lies on the floor, seemingly unconscious. His ruse pays off as he plants an uppercut kick on Splinter's jaw, sending him backwards onto a conveyor belt. Shred Shredder has the upper hand and turns out on the mechanism to start the conveyor belt. Splinter is dazed, but he looks behind himself to see the dangerous machinery he is headed towards. He will be cut and crushed into bits if he cannot get away. Shredder tells him it's useless to struggle as they both head towards the end of the line. April grabs the gem, which emits a strange glow. She points it towards the turtles and it begins to glow, and then the jar shatters, and Donatello's bow staff is sent hurtling towards the control switch for the conveyor belt. It smashes with a bash in a flurry of blue electrical sparks, just in time to save Splinter's head from getting crushed. Shredder turns his head to see the conveyor belt why the conveyor belt stopped, but as the ninja would say, Never lower your eyes to an enemy! As Splinter throws a right-hand haymaker punch to send the Shredder reeling. 
That slams him into the back of April, who drops the fragment. It bounces off Leonardo's head, and Baxter catches it. Before he is swarmed by the turtles, he throws it to his master, the Shredder. Splinter, who was poised to attack the Shredder, was given, was given away by a, war a warning from Baxter. This time, ready for the attack, Shredder throws Splinter into the remaining three standing turtles, while Michelangelo helps April off the floor. Shredder gloats that he has the fragment and he escapes with Baxter through a hatch in the floor. The turtles attempt to follow, but they are stopped by Master Splinter. He says, It would be useless to try. He is gone. It is all a part of the learning process, Leonardo. Even our mistakes can serve as teachers. And so Shredder has escaped with the first fragment of the Eye of Sarnoff. Later on, back in the lair, the turtles and Splinter watch as April gives her news report on the shrinking buildings. Raph has heard enough and he turns off the TV. They ask where is Michelangelo with the pizzas. Michelangelo shows up with four pizza boxes and says, Take a look at these babies! As he opens the box to, to reveal four miniature pizzas. Raphael says, Babies? These things haven't even been born yet! Mikey explains amidst their complaints that this was Master Splinter's idea. Splinter says, I had them made for my four small students to remind them they have a long way to grow. We fade out on a smiling splinter and four laughing turtles and brothers as they're eating their pizza. This is the end of issue number four. The story we just read was based on the episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon, The Incredible Shrinking Turtles, written by Larry Parr. This was the second episode of the second season of the original cartoon series. Originally, it aired on October 8, 1988. According to the uh, Turtlepedia fandom.com, there's a couple of animation errors in here as well. The plank of wood that Shredder used to trap Raphael at the start of the episode changes position and angle in each cutscene that they show it. After the security guard had freed the man from the Shrinking Empire State Building, the shot of the building was not seen shrinking slowly to its current point, but instead it cut to the smaller state instead. The buttons on Shredder's conlink were missing when Krang um, allowed Shredder to finish off the turtles with the crowbar. Then, when the uh, turtles are returning to regular size, April's holding the crystal fragment. A few shots later, it's lying on the floor with no explanation of how it got there. In fact, April herself seems to have vanished from the room. In some trivia for you all, this is the first time in the series where a living character clearly dies on screen. Immediately after the alien dies, he leaves behind a coffin-shaped burn mark. Shredder, using the gem to shrink down a city, will be revisited in the video game the Hyperstone Heist. And now on to the next segment, the most requested turtle commercial that I have had yet. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pies. Enjoy. We're heroes in a half show, we're making a surprise. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pies, fresh from the sewers to you. Their minds are delicious, you know that's true, because they're filled with mutagen goo. Vanilla pudding goo, they're the tastiest, flakiest, greatest crust. Even better than our pizza. And it's green, like us. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pies, fresh from the sewers to you. Radically sweet. You can't be beat. And there's a free turtle sticker inside, that's me. New from Boston, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pies, fresh from the sewers to you. It's pizza time. And now in a segment we'd like to call pizza time, here's Mr. Andy Doyle with a real-life pizza recipe from the Ninja Turtles cookbook, or a description of one of the pizzas that was either seen in the episode or in the comic. It's pizza time. Cowabunga, dudes. Today we're going to take a look at some of the bros' favorite pizza toppings. Episode 39, peanut butter and clams. Episode 135, popcorn. Episode 58, chocolate chip. Episode 98, Shredded Coconut and Sweet Pickles. 
Episode 131, Guacamole and Marshmallows. Episode 108, Hot Oatmeal. Episode 120, Tuna Fish, Peanut Butter, and Jelly. Episode 77, Pepperoni and Pickle. Episode 86, Butter and Salami with Double Yogurt Topping. Episode 83, Jelly Beans and Sausage. Episode 59, Chocolate Fudge with Extra Garlic. Episode 51, Butterscotch, Onions, and look, Anchovies. Episode 45, Marshmallows and Asparagus. Episode 131, Ugh, Anchovies and Hot Fudge. What's with the anchovies, dudes? Episode 54, Chocolate Sprinkles and Clam Sauce. Mm-mm. Catch you next time, dudes. This is Kawabungie. And this is Kawabongo. But the turtles for your 16-bit system are Kawabunga! Holy cow, it's turtles in time! The cool arcade game for Super NES, now with tasty turtle duels. And psycho your Sega Genesis with the Hyperstone Heist, an all-new 3D turtle thrash. So remember, this is Kawabingo. But the turtles for Super NES and Sega Genesis are... Kawabunga, dude. All right, dudes, and now with your Mikey moment of the week... Here is the bodacious Andy Doyle. Cowabunga! Whoa. Cowabunga, dudes. It's time for your Mikey moment of the week. Watching TV and scarfing pizzas? Now that's what I call a fulfilled existence. Catch you next week, dudes. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, IDW, Archie Comics, Nickelodeon Studios, or any other turtle properties. This podcast is part of the Epic Sewers podcast network. Check out our other great shows, both turtle-related and not. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper, with featuring Andy Doyle. <laughs> Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con, is back at Mohegan Sun on July 30th to August 1st. Meet actors and superheroes. Shop for cool stuff. It's three days of Comic-Con fun. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con, at Mohegan Sun, July 30th through August 1st. Learn more at Terrificon.com.